Hi, I'm Ryan O'Hara, CEO and founder of Pitchfire. You're listening to Take Me Off Your List, presented by Pitchfire. They pay us the big bucks, and if you use them, they'll pay you the big bucks to get paid to get pitched. Take Me Off Your List is the rally cry of millions of B2B professionals out there. This podcast tackles all kinds of things around go-to-market. So whether you're in marketing, demand gen, sales, or just like the sound of my voice, you've come to the right place. Let's get started, shall we? Hello, everyone. Welcome to Take Me Off Your List. Today, I have someone that traveled across the Atlantic Ocean. He put on a swimmy cap and a Speedo, and he swam across from England all the way over to New Hampshire. No, I'm just kidding. We're doing this on Zoom. Everybody say hi to Chris Van Prague. What's up, Chris? Hello. Nice to be here. Put out their hair, so I was fine for the swim. The swim was okay. I, you know what, though? I've seen, I've seen people with no hair wear the, the swimmy cap. You could do it. it. You could pull it off. I don't know why you do it. Maybe it's more aerodynamic. But like <laughs> swimmy caps, we're pro swimmy cap here on this podcast. Um, if you'd like to get a pitch fire uh, swimmy cap, uh, you 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 can get one. I'm just kidding. We don't have that. Maybe someday. Um, so what, I, I, I want to focus today on something. Uh, Chris is someone that comes from like, you know how in like in the United States and the NFL, they have coaching trees and the coaching trees are like this head coach. And then there's these offensive coordinators that worked under them. And then they go to their own team and they run that system. And it's like almost like there's offshoots of that. You're on the you're on the Tower of Sard coaching tree. And I yeah. love Tower of Sard. And I thought today we talked to Chris about his experiences with doing stuff with edutainment. And that's like a whole new thing. That's it, it's it's content marketing, it's brand building, it's all this stuff put together, but there's a twist. And the twist is Chris and the talent. And we're gonna talk about that today. Does that sound cool, Chris? I'm excited. Yeah, it's something I, I I love I love to talk about. So let's go. All right. So let's let's go through an example of something. Um, so for people that aren't familiar with what we mean by edutainment with business and B2B and like building this stuff up, what is it exactly you do here? <laughs> like if people were asking. <laughs> yeah, I think historically LinkedIn is if we use LinkedIn as an example of where we might share this content it can be shared anywhere but LinkedIn as a channel like it's historically or business content in general uh people are trying to educate their audience so but they lean into all of the business buzzwords that they think is the right way to communicate with that audience so it will be educational but it's not necessarily a lesson that anybody wants to hear so it's like the boring classes that you went to, like, sure, the curriculum has been put together and you can say all the facts about world history, but it's not an entertaining class and people are falling asleep for it. The entertainment side is the thing that people will actually enjoy. It's when they finish school or work and they go home and they watch the shows that they want to watch because it's entertaining. So edutainment, which is which was coined, I think, by Tyler Lassard, um, is a mix of the two. So it's finding a way of being able to educate your customers with um, with content that is entertaining. And it can be primarily entertaining with some education. It could be primarily educational in an entertaining format. But ultimately, it's the crossover of, of both and delivering of that. And, and I've been doing it for a number of years now. I was doing it before I even really knew what I was doing or what it was, or even if there was an audience that wanted to watch it. And now it seems to be that it's over the last, I guess, 12, 18 months, it really seems to be, um, and maybe even longer, but it's, it's something that now lots of companies are looking to do more of. We hear lots of conversation around building companies, building their own media brands and 
bringing in influencers or bringing in content creators to be able to deliver content that will entertain larger audiences. Yeah, and there's been a lot of places that have done it in the sales space for Chris and I both come from because, you know, I worked at Lead IQ and you worked at Vidyard. Um, we've seen companies do it. Like we tried to do it at Lead IQ. Uh, Gong tried to do it really early on some stuff. Drift was really good at this. Um, you saw it kind of evolve up. Outreach literally just bought Sales Hacker because they were like, oh, we need more content. Let's buy that content engine. Um, Apollo is doing it now and you're doing some stuff with them. I've noticed on your feed. Um You've kind of seen this rise of these companies that like they go and take a shot with like, it's kind of like, Hey, we're going to do something silly, but also give you some information and you're going to get to know people that work here more. And because of that, you're going to like our company. And that's honestly like there's principles behind that. Uh, one of my favorite examples that I use is like, I grew up watching and loving Conan O'Brien, right? When Conan left NBC and went to TBS, I followed Conan. Like I yeah. didn't like stay and watch do I can't Jay Leno, I guess, replaced him again. Like I stayed with Conan on it. I follow Conan O'Brien on on X and, and Instagram. I don't follow I don't follow NBC, you know what I mean? Or TBS mm. or whatever network they work for. And that it might you might be hearing that and be like, that's the risk. Why would I want to do that? But the the risk is that like if someone's loyal to someone and you get them on your roster, it's magical. Like people will go through buildings for you. Uh you probably have a ton of examples of of like that happening with like companies like Vidyard, right? Especially when there's like how many companies are there are are out there today that have like video prospecting stuff and you guys are able to differentiate and be the leader in it. Yeah, I think it, it's it comes down to how the messaging that you want to deliver. I always go back a step because um, you can probably cut this out, right? I will. I would never. I I would never cut. This is we're we're people of truth. Uh, We could cut. We'll see. (laughs) Fine. Trying to get my answer. My answer to your to your question. I think, um, if a business wants to start doing edutaining content, yeah. Where am I going with this? It's an interesting one. Your 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 question is how did how did Vidyard corner the market as a video prospecting? I think what I'm trying to say is that like, I'm trying to sell people on it a little bit. Like if you're listening to this and you're a marketing person and you're at a company, whatever you're doing, if you're doing stuff that you did last year and you're doing stuff you did five years ago, it probably doesn't work Mm -hmm. anymore and you need to do something different. And I'm trying to, I'm using you as a case study of it because I think that you, some of the stuff that you put out in the engagement you get is way more than any company page would ever get doing a webinar or something like that. Yeah. And I think, so if I take my example, I, I made content for myself. I used to make content. I was used to sling HubSpot and I needed to build a personal brand. I made content for my own personal use, really just to kind of build an audience and generate yeah. followers. And and I defaulted initially to like thought leadership stuff, which I wasn't really qualified to do. And I never really felt right. And so I actually found myself creating stuff that was more personal to me, which was the kind of entertaining comedy side of things. So I think I did that, but I was fortunate to work for a company in BabelQuest where I was. And then when I went to Vidyard, whose culture matched that. And they saw the value in doing that because they saw the value in appealing to people's emotions rather than just the logical side of their brain. Because you're right, there's a bunch of different platforms out there. There are probably, you know, any marketer, they've probably got a bunch of different competition 
how do you stand out? Yes, you can feature sell, but you're right, going to that point of like, well, actually, if people get behind a brand, they it's not just about that brand necessarily having the right features. It's about you actually feeling like you have some affinity with it. And one really clear, obvious way to do that is by building an emotional relationship with that person it's very difficult to tap into some emotions but certainly like humor and um uh yeah anything that lightens the lightens the mood i suppose so i was fortunate to work for companies that 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 bought into that and were very open to me creating more and more content so i think for marketers that are listening if you're in an organization where they say well what 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 happens if we let our team create content that's the risk that's why lots of companies are like well we won't do it because what happens but for me it's like well what happens if you don't <laughs> what happens if you don't let them do it because it seems to be now that you know media brands and organizations all want to build their own media company maybe separate from their own existing brand or they like you said you know buying in sales hacker they want to keep them separate and find a way maybe it's less risky that way they're not directly associated with the brand or you build it natively within it but Content is king. It has been for a long time. We're moving away from it being all about ebooks and blog posts. And now it's becoming more about video content. And certainly, social is a huge part of that. So it's about using the people that you have, using your um, creativity on, and bringing in creativity to be able to, to try and sell people on the emotional or the, the, the humorous side. Yeah. And it, it, by the way, entertainment doesn't necessarily have to either be humor. If that's not your style, you can do other stuff too. There's a lot of great content that, that's out there that's not funny, like sometimes. So like if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I don't know. Here's the thing. I think something really happened in 2020. There was a shift when people started working from home, especially in our space, like the B2B software, SaaS, you know, that whole thing, the whole VC tech thing that we're in the ecosystem um the word ecosystem and the fact that i'm using it is exactly what people in the system call it <laughs> uh the system um yeah if you're if you're in the system and you're listening to this podcast in 2020 something happened where the mesh of personal life and professional life kind of that separation got erased you would be on a zoom with somebody and you would see like their kid come up. I mean, you'd see news broadcast of someone doing a broadcast and their kid would run in with no pants on or something. And they'd be like, oh, yeah. Like there's all these things that we'd see. We also saw the elimination of a desk phone, which means that you're conducting most of your business on a mobile phone. If you're doing work stuff, you're giving out your mobile number. You're doing text messages with people. If you were, if, if you and I were like going to a conference together, I'd probably text you. I wouldn't LinkedIn message you to hang out. Like I'd figure out how to get your number and, I'd have to put that plus four, four and it'd be really strange, but you know, it'd work out, right? I'd be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Or whatever country code, um, whatever country code people have. But like the, the whole point that I'm getting to is like people get attached to people, not, not companies and yeah. the people that work at that company and the collection of them that you could showcase out to the world will make your company stand out. And that's, that's something that like I you can give me give me some examples of some content that you've made that like did really well that got a lot of engagement. I mean, you have a ton in your feed that like have literally some of them have four figures of engagement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think um the stuff that works well is the stuff that resonates and that sounds really obvious but resonates with large audience, right? So sometimes it features me, sometimes it features 
I do a lot of stuff with existing like movie clips because it resonates, right? So yeah. I made a I made a sales version of like the creepy guy from Love Actually taking the who's, oh the like, cards I the remember cards, that one yep I remember the cards that. guy but instead of it being like he's yep. it's his friend's wife it's like he's trying to it's a prospect that hasn't got back to him and he's like yeah yeah I remember that clip yeah and it was cool. just a very very shareable very relevant sales reps trying to close deals lots of people liked it because they wanted to share it with their prospects to share it with their so it did really well and i posted it twice uh, over two christmases over two years and it went viral both times like like you say four four figure reactions and stuff because it's relatable didn't take very long to make doesn't need huge like um video skills and and did really really well the other week i just posted a like humanizing a, a crm that was in therapy uh because no one was ever actually giving crm the information that it needed and um that got reposted about 90 times it was about i don't know fifty thousand views or something yeah, because again yeah. it's it's relatable it's like things that people experience the pain that they experience in their role and going back to your point about the uh the the 2020 thing well i i totally agree with you and i think something that happened there is like it almost democratized content like it democratized the ability to be able to build an audience because i think pre 2020 you might have felt perhaps um bound by your actual lo locality the people that you worked with your customers your clients you probably do a lot more in-person meetings you feel more connected to the people that you met at events um because those boundaries were completely removed the ability to outreach to anybody and all of a sudden anybody anywhere like you, you know we were chatting just before this like you and i have been connected for a very long time we've never spoken before and yet we've connected i on feel each like other's we know each content other content and things yeah so that's a huge part of it and i think if anybody's listening to this that just wants to create content for themselves the the, the potential there is huge so yes there's a value in a brand doing it trying to make it uh, you know wide open and relevant and something that will is ubiquitous to lots of different people um but i think it's then about the amount of people that, that can appeal to and the field of people that, that can that that will that that can go out to is huge um and the opportunity there is still huge and people who aren't taking advantage of it we've been saying for eight you know i think it's one percent of people regularly are creating content on 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 linkedin that's that number barely changes i've been a little i've actually been so like I feel like for me, when LinkedIn video came out in 2018, that's when I like really started making stuff on, well, when it became available to everyone, I didn't have it on my account originally. Um, I was talking to my brother yesterday about this because he's been helping us with all these fake Super Bowl ad things we're making. Um, I can talk about that in a minute, but um, we were talking about like making content for the sake of this is part of what we're talking about. It's not like, hey, I'm going to make a webinar then clip a short segment and throw it up on linkedin like we're literally talking about making original content that you can only see well at first you can only see on linkedin you might go syndicated on like tiktok or instagram or whatever you're doing afterward that's mm -hmm. a key part here um so like for example like when you're doing your crm and therapy video uh the other day i think you did it last week right um you're you're like you can use that more than once too. That's the other cool part, but you're making that for social. You're not making that for like some big corporate newsletter thing, right? You're doing it for your, you're literally doing it with the intent of being consumed on social. Yes. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And, 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 you know, it's also, you don't know how it's going to do, right? I can, I've, I've made plenty of pieces of content that I thought was 
as good as the the ones that have gone viral. Um, and I put out what I think is the same level of quality and sometimes they blow up and sometimes they don't. So I think you have to be prepared for that. But yeah, that's that's the challenge. Sometimes you can create something that just, you know, goes on and on and on, lasts for weeks on LinkedIn and goes hella viral and is shared multiple times and makes sense to share in a year's time when people have sort of mostly forgotten about it. And you make something else that that might have taken me five times as long to make or 10 times as long to make and doesn't do very well. It gets forgotten about after a day and it was potentially a waste of time. But you don't know until you experiment with those things. Yeah, I, I actually, one of the ones that I've really, I've really noticed uh, for me, at least on, on LinkedIn is like, you, you're going to have duds sometimes and that's okay because you still, I mean, that's part of the reason why you, whatever you make, you should enjoy because you're building a body of work. And sometimes it could just be the time you posted it. Maybe it's the wrong place and time for it. If you posted your love actually video and it wasn't around Christmas, it wouldn't make any sense. Right. Yeah. Like sometimes it's about context and what's going on at that time of day or that time of month or something. And um, so if you're listening to this, I think what we're trying to tell you, I'm sorry, we're kind of like floating around this. We just try to, I'm trying to hit it over the head. You really need to be doing this now in 2024. And if you're not, you're going to be left back. It's going to suck. Um, the other thing is it's really fun. I don't know about you. I love making content that's creative and fun and crazy. We, we, we're doing a thing this week where um, we're, we're filming. We did a post on Tuesday morning and basically said, Hey, cost $7 million for a Super Bowl ad. I don't have the money for it. Um, so what we're going to do is make Super Bowl ads for you instead, tag your company below and we'll make you ads. And we've been like just crushing videos. Like yesterday we made six of them. Um, we have one we still didn't put out yet. We're making another couple more today. We're going to chip through it throughout the week while we're doing our normal jobs. And like, we've been just having a ton of fun making it. And you know what? Some of them aren't getting seen. That's okay. Like, I don't care. Like I'm going to keep doing it because it's like, it's rewarding. And I know that the content's good and I'm putting a lot of thought into it. Uh, let's talk about how you come up with ideas. So like, how do you come hmm. up with ideas for videos and stuff? You have some of the best on, on my feed I've ever seen. Like how are you coming up with these ideas? Um, I, I get a lot of inspiration from other content that I watch. Um, I've so, and I do consume a lot of content. I watch a lot of YouTube. I, I love TV. I love movies. I've always been big into that. So a lot of my content, um, over the last few years has been me like cutting myself into movie scenes. Um, so I've, I've done that for years and, and I just, you know, I needed a green screen and a bit of a video sort of trickery and was able to to do that. So, you know, I might watch a movie or I might remember a scene or think about something like, and that inspires me. And then I'll normally noodle on it for a bit and kind of think, oh, how would that work and stuff? And, um, and then sometimes I think of an idea and I write it in my note and I kind of semi forget about it or it doesn't end up happening. Or I, sometimes I think of an idea and immediately I was like, I've got to make this. More recently, I've been inspired by like short form content on things like TikTok and on on YouTube and things, um, purely because that's the way that my content has gone. I find it quicker to produce like shorter skits than it is for me to make one like more highly produced video. And that also limits the kind of risk if it doesn't do well, it, it doesn't matter as much. So I take a lot of inspiration from, you know, stuff that I watch, you know, sometimes I'll I um I'll see a skit that has absolutely nothing to do with B2B, but it's a fun idea. It's a a take on something. Mm. Um and then my brain is just like, well, how can I how can I sort of turn that into my own into my own niche? So I'll noodle on it for a bit. I've got like a literally a list of of ideas and some of them are like fully formed ideas. 
yeah. where I know in my head exactly what's going to happen. And some of it is just like the idea that I've seen and then I'll just see it again and be like, and I'll just noodle on it for a bit. And then, um, yeah. And then, and then I just come to sort of script writing and we'll start. And sometimes again, I, I sort of come back to stuff. Sometimes I'll just knock it all out in one go, but it's kind of like a constant creativity, I suppose. I think you constantly have to have that. If I'm out on a walk, I might think of an idea. Um, and over time, I think of more ideas than I create. So I never really have. Often I get asked, like, are you not worried? Like, one day you'll just have no ideas. And it's like, well, no, because I've got a whole bunch of stuff that will probably never get made. But if I was ever in dire straits, um, I've got a bunch of stuff that I can lean on. So I think it's just constantly having that kind of filter of, like, because to your point earlier like i love making it like i'm very fortunate that like i just get to do this for pretty much most of my time working so um that's the inspiration is is in the enjoyment of actually like making it and then actually the process and as it comes together i i I enjoy it so it's uh, being constantly kind of having that filter of thinking of stuff i suppose i i it's funny you're saying this and i i literally have the same thing i just have a notes app like my notes app for Apple and I just have a list of all my ideas. And sometimes the idea has not, you know what I think is a lot easier if you're listening to this, it's a lot easier to come up with an idea and then fit business into the idea afterward. I think a lot of people do it the opposite. They're like, Oh, I have to write a newsletter and say this thing. All right. I'll throw a joke in here. And you know what happens? That's when it kind of sucks. Like that's (laughs) like, that's usually when the content's like not to be a jerk and be a snob, but like, because I've done it. I've done that. I've been like, I'll get someone like, hey, we have, like, when I was at Lead IQ, we'd be like, have a new product release. And like, we'd be like, hey, we got to spin up a newsletter to tell our, our members about this. And w- whenever I had the creative idea first and then fit it into the business thing that I needed to get done, it was way better than the other way around. So that's one thing. Like, keep a list of creative ideas. We did a, um, I'll give you another example. Yesterday, I, I'm not trying to say I'm like doing the same level of greatness that you're doing. I'm just comparing it. But like, um, we did a, uh, we're doing these Super Bowl ads and I had this idea, you know how cars have backup cameras? But that's the thing now. Like, can, like they have a camera yeah. underneath the bumper and you can like see when you're backing up. I was like, yeah. why isn't anyone filming anything with this? <laughs> so like yesterday, we made a video of like, uh, my brother Jack got behind John Maz's car and we had him put it in reverse and I clipped Jack and gave him audio and I had him talk through the backup camera in the video. And the whole, and I was just, we, we were making a fake ad for the company, Nick Steva. Like they're one of the companies that got tagged to make a Super Bowl ad for. Dude, I had that idea six months ago to do something with a backup yeah. camera. I just was like, yeah. people are like, how do you come up with these ideas so quickly? They're not quickly. It's just like, I figured out how to apply it to the thing that we're doing yeah. right now. It just um, came at the wrong time. I had the yeah. idea. It just didn't have the the way of fitting it into the thing. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes, like, the Super Bowl ad thing's not original either. Like, I did years ago in 2012, I got a job at a healthcare startup as a CMO, and we were trying to go after moms. So for Mother's Day, I hired a bunch of musicians, and I let people tweet at us to go post and sit, we make songs for moms. We called the campaign Songs for Moms, and, like, we would record a video and serenade people that got tagged for Mother's Day on Twitter, and it was, like, a pretty cool campaign. I just literally trying to do the same thing on LinkedIn, but for B2B companies. And I, I always wanted to make a Super Bowl ad. So I'm like, oh, I'll just do this instead. Like I'm tra- you, you transpose stuff that you do over and over again. It's just like for you, Chris, like if you have a cool idea with love actually and doing the cards, you probably like have a bunch of other movie scenes. You're like, oh, it'd be fun to do something with that. Like I bet oh, yeah, if yeah. I hacked into your computer and looked at your list, you have ideas, right? 
Yeah, 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 completely. And that, and you're absolutely right. That happens a lot. Like I'll have an idea. Like I feel like the longest time I've wanted to do, you know, those masterclass videos. Yeah, where it's like I'm. This is. Uh, this yeah, is, yeah, yeah. I've yeah, always yeah. wanted. I want to make. I want to make like one of those, but I don't know what that's going to be. I've thought about doing like a a sort of a, a funny like one that you'd never have a masterclass for. The yeah. logical thing that somebody, if somebody's thinking in, working in B2B, they would think I'll make a masterclass. So I'll make a masterclass for my brand. But the thing is, people don't want to watch that. People don't want to watch a masterclass explaining yeah. because it's not, it's not, it, again, it just falls into that same model. So it needs to be something, either like a problem that you solve, but subvert it in a way. So I wanted to make a masterclass. I want to do a Netflix documentary type thing as well, like the classic, like Netflix, you know, the way that they start. And I haven't managed to find a fit for that. Uh, but I'll make them at some point be, unless someone master, listens to this and does it before me. The masterclass one would be really interesting to do like, you should do something that people don't like. Like, yeah. hi, I'll teach I you was, a master. Like, like I'm trying to think of what I used to get upset about. Like, hi. I, I was going to do a micromanager. Was yeah, gonna be yeah, my, yeah. Like, I'm going to give like you how a, this yeah, is... a masterclass of micromanaging. <laughs> like, that would be really funny. Um, one of the things I was curious about, Chris, is you're by yourself for a lot of stuff. Um, does that limit you? Cause like, that was one of the things I liked about being in an office is like, you used to be able to go make stuff with people. What do you, how do you like, do, how do you get around that when you're doing, want to do stuff with other people, but you don't have anyone? Yeah, it's, that is definitely something. Sometimes I'll again, see something I'm inspired by something. Um, and I've seen like, so I give it a per exact example. I about six months ago, had the idea of doing like a LinkedIn in real life, like all the stuff that we kind of find <laughs> it's a bit ridiculous about LinkedIn yeah. to reproduce it in real life. Yeah. And I noodled on it forever and never actually managed to make it. And I saw someone make it recently and they did it in the office and it was absolutely perfect because they were jumping around and people were appearing all over the place and stuff. And I was like, that's the best way it could have been made. And I think that happens a few times where like, I'll have an idea and I know it would be delivered better in a, in a group setting uh, or with a number of people. Um, and there is no way around it, to be honest. Like for me, I, 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 I don't work near an office I don't work near any of the people that I work with. And so I just have to make videos where I pretty much just talk to myself. Um, that's been pretty normalized over the last few years with obviously TikTok and skits and things like that, that people are more, a lot yeah. more used to that. But there's not really a huge kind of workaround for it. I just think sometimes I'll see it. if I can make it by myself, I'll make it by myself. Um, otherwise, like I'm, I am you know, as you mentioned, I'm working with Apollo and there's a, a team of folks there. So yeah. sometimes it might be an idea that like we know is delivered better. The other thing that we're noticing more, and this is something that we're as a, a team at Apollo are going to be doing soon is like, there's a lot more skits on Zoom calls. So Zoom call related skits and we've, there's a few different ones that people might have seen about and stuff. So we're looking into that kind of thing as well because uh, they're fun to make and you can kind of create a script and you effectively shoot it like a small uh like a like a little skit but as a as a team as a group like you practice your lines and you go through it all and stuff so but no i don't have a workaround um i you know unfortunately because it's just me it reduces the absolute friction like i don't have anyone really telling me what i should or shouldn't make and when i should make it i just make the stuff that i'm inspired to do so i make more stuff than i would if i was reliant on having a special place to shoot and things like that but then that also comes with the negative side of like sometimes i just can't make the thing because i don't have the the setting for it if you're if you're making something right now, um, oh, you know what's a great book that you should? I always recommend this when people talk about it. Have you um, read Contagious by Jonah mm, Berger? No. All right, no. so I barely can read, so this is like an achievement that I read this book. That's how you know it's good. Um, so this is this guy Jonah Berger. He works at um, uh, he was a professor at the Warden School, 
and he did he used his undergrad people or something to like <laughs> to do research where they investigated what made things go viral and like okay. it's a very cool book it's old now i think it came out in 2015 or 2016 i actually pinged him about uh being on the podcast like uh uh when I first started and uh, we like I'm following up with him in a couple months because he's doing, working on another book right now. Um, but like he, he uh, basically dissected like different things that he, like the psychological elements that make someone share something or engage with something. And it's really fascinating. He, there's like an acronym they use. It's called steps, but like he like there's different examples that he uses. And like, if you're listening to this and you're, I'm not telling you that your goal should be to go viral. It's not really about that. Your goal is to like, mm-hmm. Make content that your customer that makes your customers like you. It's okay if it gets a little bit of engagement. It takes a little while to build a village and get engagement going regularly. I mean, I've had like, I've like, you can't get disgruntled when you don't get a lot of engagement. It's really about building a core group and kind of getting that community going with like repeat access to you. So, like, I feel like I know Chris because I see Chris consistently posting and doing stuff. I know that Chris is probably fun. Because the content that Chris is doing is fun. I mean, maybe you're going to get off this call and you wear khakis and have a cell phone clip and like you love rules and don't want to talk. And you're like, you know, maybe like, I don't know how bored you are. After. <laughs> but like you can tell that like that's like a thing. Anyway, um, yeah. but this book is really cool. Like he talks about like social triggers, for example, um, if I or uh, social currency. So like if you make a funny video and I like it or share it with somebody else. I'm doing that because I seem funny when I share your content. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's kind of like, that's like the the element of it. And then there's a whole nother part to it. That's like um, triggers. Like if I say peanut butter, you think of jelly. The story that he tells is he tells a story about like this in Philadelphia, they're known for cheesesteak and people always think about that. And this co- this couple wanted to open a steakhouse, but they couldn't get people to go to it. So they made a food truck in front of their steakhouse and they made a hundred dollar cheesesteak. And they put caviar and gold right. flakes and crap on it. And everybody kept, started talking about it. And it blew up and went viral because everyone's like, hey, did you try this $100 cheesesteak? Holy crap. And what happened is as the line got longer and longer for the food truck, people were like, I'm going to spend 100 bucks on a cheesesteak. I think I'm just going to go to the steakhouse behind it. That sounds like a way better way of spending my money. Um, yeah. There's like things that you can kind of do to like to, to, to force the subject. And again, the, a good one is like the Love Actually video that you had like, uses the holiday as a trigger. I think it's, it's really smart. Another thing you mentioned is consuming content. Um, there, it's funny. Um, Alan Gannett has a book called the creative curve where he talks about like, how did creativity come out of people? And one of the, the first chapters consuming content, like he talks about like these people that come with ideas, like Quentin Tarantino is a really good example, right? I do like Quentin Tarantino. I love Quentin Tarantino. Um, do you, I'm, I'm asking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. he, he like, he worked at a video store for years and he's got, he's seen, he literally claims that he's seen 10,000 films at least. And like, Mm -hmm. because of that, it's able, it's easy for him to get inspiration from other shots and other movies and stuff. What are you, what are you looking for? Like what, when you're doing short content, are you usually pulling from everything or are you usually pulling from like something else you saw that was short content? Yeah, I think it's anything that appear, like I have a sort of, almost a, a FOMO of it, I suppose. Like I, if I see something that's, I know I could deliver on and that fits into my style, then I want to make it. And then I'll normally try and find 
work out then sort of work out the pieces to be able to get to to make it. So uh, one of my favorite, well, my favorite creator on YouTube is a guy called Ryan George, and he does uh, he does a series on YouTube called Pitch Meeting. Um, which I don't know if anyone's seen, but he, he plays two characters, a, a producer and a screenwriter guy, and he effectively recreates the the conversation that happened when a, a screenwriter tried to pitch a, a, a movie. They're all real movies. They're that's absolutely awesome. hilarious. There's, I, there's, hundreds, <laughs> there's hundreds of them, and they're absolutely brilliant. And it appeals to me because it's it's all movies. He's really like making a bit of a, a, a joke of all these terrible plot holes in, in movies and his delivery is fantastic and he's really created these characters and things and so for me i'm very inspired by that because he's 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 very similar in the kind of delivery it's very humorous it's knowledgeable it's in a sort of space that i like and i didn't say i created like a a sales or a b2b version of pitch meeting but when i see content like that or i see creators on tiktok that i aspire to be or i i enjoy then that makes me want to create it so people listening now might think well i'm not i'm not into that the type of content that i consume is um more of the informational type of stuff they've got like a really nice setup with great lights and backgrounds and all this kind of perfect stuff and they want to deliver really informational stuff if that's the case then then do that like watch that and and take that as inspiration and make your own thing and you'll steadily get better at it and things so i think um the consuming part is just really for me is then I just then want to, I want to parrot it, I suppose, to some extent, put my own spin on it. I'm not going to make anything that somebody's already made. Um, but I take that as inspiration and it's something that I enjoy. And therefore I get a lot of enjoyment out of making it myself. It kind of reminds me of, um, there's an episode of the Simpsons where Homer tries to be an inventor and he, he, he learns about Thomas Edison and just starts going crazy with like trying to invent a bunch of stuff. And eventually what ends up happening is he gets mad and wants to go break into the Thomas Edison museum to break an invention that Homer invented because Homer realized he stole, he invented something that Thomas Edison made and he goes to the museum. I'm spoiling this, but you know what guys, this came out 30 years ago. Don't judge me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think it's time. It's okay. I'm in the, I'm in the clear. Um, But they go to the museum and uh, uh, he's look, he's looking and he finds a poster that was from Thomas Edison's room. And it was showing, uh, he had a chart of the inventions he made to the left was Leonardo da Vinci. And like all these things that Leonardo da Vinci invented. And he realized that Thomas Edison was like Thomas Edison inspiring Homer. uh, Thomas Edison uh, was inspired by Leonardo da Vinci. And that's kind of the point here, guys, that's listening. Like if you're coming up with ideas, like literally everybody's taking ideas from everybody else. You're not stealing, you're Mm -hmm. influenced. And it's nice and tribute. Like it's a tribute to people. And I think that's really great. Like you're, it's okay. I'm not saying go be an echo chamber and do exactly what everyone else is doing, but like, like take things, let them influence you. That's good. Let it push you. I'm, I'm inspired by like posts that you're putting out. I'm inspired by, um, uh, all these other creators that are putting content out there today, uh, and wanting to level up and make my production better too. Yeah. I think, I think, um, imitation is flattery, right? Like, and if you look at like, the primary function of say like a platform like tiktok is that's constantly repeating we talk about trending videos and trending sounds and things that is for some reason somebody made something relatively original and then people like that so they will just create a version of it in their in their niche and so that repeat formula is something that people enjoy we like to see how one story can be told in a multitude of different ways 
So I think we like that. And that's, again, that's why when I've made stuff where it's been movie clips, people know what's coming because they know the scene, but they just, you're entertained by the fact that there's a slight subversion to it because there's me there instead of that other character. So I think actually it plays into it. Like people, there's this kind of need for it to be completely net new. Yes, there is completely net new stuff out there. And there's some fantastic creators. And I create a lot of like net new stuff, but most things will be inspired by, either previous content that you've made or previous content that you've consumed and things. So I think that would be a, a takeaway for anyone is just like, what well, as you're consuming content, and if you're in the interest of, of making that kind of thing, have a think about like, if you were to make that, what would you do? And if you were, and then start to noodle on it. Yeah, it's, I, that's fantastic. Um, two more things I wanted to bring up. If you're listening to this and you're like, you know what, we got to do this. I'm in. Who should do it? Like one of the things I love is you have a sales background originally, which is great for you because like, I, I hate when companies are like, oh, do, I don't really want all my employees going rogue and doing this. Uh, it's bad. It's like, why are you trusting them closing million dollar deals? If you don't trust them putting videos out online. Yeah. Like, uh, where should you tap in? Where do you find content? Like, where do you find talent at your company? Where should you tap in? Is it the person listening right now? Or is it, is it, are certain people better at it than others? Or what do you think? Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one to answer because I suppose it depends on the person that's listening. If this is a an individual contributor that is thinking about creating content from a personal branding perspective, maybe they work in sales and things, then yeah, it's, it's you. Like, Hopefully you don't work in an organization where you feel like you need to get approval. If you do, then you know go and seek that approval and hopefully that conversation goes well. If you're in a place where they say no, they, they, don't, they don't want that, then personally, for me, that's not the right place. But I think... Yeah, certainly look to yourself. That's a great place to start. If you're a leader that's, that says, well, I want to, you know, we want to build media. We want to start creating content. Um, I think you have to start from the top. You have to, you, you have to champion it. You have to have a, a, a purpose. Um, and I think you have to probably open up the conversation to like who wants to do it. It's difficult because I'm not, I'm not a senior leader. I make content because I'm, I just made it myself. And then I have, as a result, now been fortunate to, to turn that into a full-time a full-time role because I've been able to work with companies that see the value in it. From the other perspective, then, yeah, you could look around and see who's creating content and see if you want to bring them into your organization. But equally, you'll work with people that probably have a creative streak or maybe you want to just start making content. If you look at... There are a ton of brands that I've created vast audiences on TikTok that don't have, you'd argue they don't have a right to do. Random car manufacturers in the middle of Atlanta that have got, you know, 500,000 followers because them as a team have committed to making a bit of a fool out themselves, make some trending videos. Maybe they have a relation to the business, but maybe they don't. Maybe they're just them showing that they're a team that's having fun and the videos do well. And every once in a while, they maybe talk a little bit more about actually what they do as a business. And that will absolutely generate them conversation. So I think it does have to come from the top. I think as a, you know, say a business owner will, will know, what they what the best way of being able to approach their team is and i'm not really an authority to be able to to say where that is but certainly if you're an individual contributor i would just 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 put it out there because all the stuff i started making was awful to begin with well everyone starts off with bad stuff and then you get better that's the whole idea behind it the best part is if you do something and it fails no one saw it (laughs) yeah like that's the other part too like oh i guess that wasn't that good that's okay um completely 
Well, this has been very great. Um, obviously, we're going to have you come back on and t- d- dissect and go into some of this stuff sometime, some other time too. But um, if you're listening to this and you're thinking about doing it, uh, you should go talk to Chris and follow him on LinkedIn. Chris, what do you want to plug? You want to plug anything? Um, yeah, I mean, it's always always open to, to, to DMs. I'm certainly not too 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 big and too um, too special to have conversations with people who want to create content. So. Um, yeah, connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, follow the Apollo TikTok. Follow Apollo um, on the social channels. Give us some love. Give us some support. Tell us what we're doing well. Tell us what we're doing wrong. Um, and yeah, um, any questions, things, always happy to answer in the DMs. Keep fighting the good fight, Chris. Thank you for being on. On my end, I just want to plug people, uh, plug two things for people that are listening. Uh, the first is that we are going to we are doing this conference called Conference Con. We talked about it last week on the podcast. You can sign up. It's pitchfire.com slash conference hyphen con C O N. And maybe it's C O N F. I should actually know that. Look at that amazing plug for me. Uh, it's just C O N. Conference hyphen con. You can go there right now and sign up and register. Um we're trying to do a conference that has no keynotes, no panels. It's literally all gimmicks and games. It's gonna be really fun. Um, so go check that out. And the last thing, um, if you want to have your, I'm going to put this out, episode out. If you're on our feed and you want to go look for our post we did, if you want to have us make a Super Bowl ad for you this week, comment on the post that we did at 9 a.m. yesterday on Tuesday. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for being on. I'm going to try and get this up online very quickly because I need, I, I, I think it's relevant to what we're doing and all this stuff right now, especially. Thanks. So thank you, Chris, for being on. I appreciate it. Pleasure.